0: I'm your host, Roy Biancolana, and today I want to start what I hope is a very practical series of podcasts that I am titling, Navigating the Four Relationship Seasons. As I look at relationships and how they progress from the beginning point, you could say, to the time when you make a full-blown commitment to one another, lifelong, whether that's living together or married. I think there are four phases that happen in that process. Uh, There are like four seasons. Like we have four seasons. uh, Well, depending on where you live, (laughs) there's four seasons, right? And each of the seasons are sort of different and you somewhat – prepare differently or different things happen in the different seasons. And it's the same way in relationships. There are four seasons or phases that a relationship goes through and they require um, a little different wisdom in each. They, they bring up different issues in each phase And they require us to make decisions or to navigate along the way. And so I guess what I want to do in this series of four podcasts is sort of bring up the issues that you need to be aware of that are going to happen for you as a relationship progresses. And I want to prepare you for them. Um. I want to show you the questions that you should be asking or the issues that you're going to face. And I want to give you a little, from my experience anyway, some wisdom, some ideas, some information on how to navigate these four phases so that you can end up in that lifelong committed relationship that you would like to experience. That's the whole purpose of this is to kind of equip you with the wisdom and the knowledge and the understanding of how to navigate your way through a relationship from the beginning to, you know, the end, which in what I mean by that is when you're making that lifelong commitment to each other. And there are four of these phases. And so let me preview them for you right here and right now. The first phase really is before the relationship even begins i call it the i call it the preparation phase <laughs> we're going to talk about that in this podcast getting prepared getting ready for something real that is a phase of a relationship because it is you who is going to meet this person and go through these phases and the the healthier you are, the more prepared you are for something real, the the more mindful and conscious and evolved and wise and ready for the whole thing, the, the better chance that you have. Um, so for instance, like not only do I have my own podcast, but I don't know, 50 to 75 times a year, I'm interviewed on other people's podcasts. And I'm always kind of harping on this preparation thing. And I use an illustration. I don't know if I've used it on this podcast or not. I probably have. But it's worth repeating because it it captures such an essential truth about how to attract the relationship and have it last. And it's a metaphor around wanting to run a triathlon. Let's just say that you want to run and do well in a, a triathlon, right? You want to... You want to do well in a triathlon, and there are such a thing as triathlon coaches. I've actually met one. Um, Didn't know they existed until I actually met one. I just imagined that they existed, and certainly they do. And a triathlon coach is someone who's done triathlons, done well in triathlons, and they're usually now retired from that kind of competition, and they share their wisdom with people who are wanting to compete and do well in a triathlon. And so the metaphor goes like this. Imagine that these two get together, the aspiring triathlete with the retired triathlon coach. And they sit down and this aspiring triathlete starts to ask the the coach questions about the triathlon. And all the questions seem to be focusing on the day of the race, like race day strategy. You know, like how much do I eat and drink because I'm out there all day, right? Even if you're a world-class triathlete, I think it's like eight hours, you know, to swim 2.4 miles, bike 112 miles, and then run a full marathon all in the same day, (laughs) okay? So it's like six to eight hours for the best. And I believe... You know, the people who are not the greatest triathletes, it takes anywhere from 14 to 16 hours. So there's questions about like, what do I eat? How much do I eat and drink? And then there's questions about, you know, how to navigate in the water because it's a frenzy in the beginning. You can get drowned. <laughs> and and then how to transition from the water to getting on the bike and the bike to the marathon and the, you know, the, the changing of the shoes and everything that goes on and the transitions. And so a good triathlon coach would hear all of these really relevant questions, important questions, race day strategy questions. But if he's a good triathlon coach, he's going to tell the aspiring triathlete, hey, uh, you're not asking me about what you should be asking me about. I mean, all the strategy on the day of the race is fine. But if you're not in shape for this race, you're screwed you're not going to make it. You can have the best strategy in the world. But if you're 50 pounds overweight, you're not going to go 20 yards in the water. So you really should be asking me on how to get prepared for the triathlon. You need to be in shape. So you should be asking me how to train and how to prepare. Because if you're, if you're fit, you're going to be able to go the distance and you know, then we can talk a little bit about strategy. Okay, strategy is important, but it's not nearly as important as being prepared for the race ahead of you. It's the same thing in your love life. Oh, we can talk about the other phases of uh, the other seasons of a relationship, which is the attraction season. And then there's the exploration of compatibility season. And then there is the construct- construction season where you're really building a foundation for a lifelong relationship. So the four seasons are preparation, attraction, exploration, and construction. And so we could talk all about the attraction phase, which we will. We could talk about, you know, how do you determine compatibility and commitment? And, you know, are you really right for each other? How do you know if someone is the one? You know, all those kind of conversations. Well, those are important. And we could talk about how to construct a healthy dynamic between two people that will last a lifetime, that's certainly important. But you are not going to be able to do any of that if you're not prepared for what's ahead. If you need to be fit to be tied, (laughs) you need to be in relationship shape. You need to be ready for something real. Because if you come to the starting line and you're fit, Well, then you're going to be, you you are prepared to go the distance. But if you come to the starting line and you know all about the attraction phase and the exploration phase and the construction phase, but you, but your heart isn't really prepared for this, as we're going to talk about in a minute, if you're, if you're not really prepared for the journey, then your relationships won't go the distance, You follow me? So the preparation phase is more important than any other phase because without it, I don't care how good your strategy is. You ain't going anywhere in a triathlon or a relationship. So that's what this, that's what I want to do in this four part series is I want to hit these phases and I want to kind of tell you, here are the things you should be thinking about when your relationship goes into these different phases. Here are the issues that are going to confront you, and here are some ideas and some wisdom on how to navigate them. So in a sense, I'm going to be preparing you for the whole journey here. Now, as you're listening to this, you might already be in a couple of these more advanced seasons. You could say, no worry. It doesn't mean you've got to stop. Or end a relationship and start over? No, um, you can work on your preparation even though you're in a relationship. Maybe the relationship is a few months old or nine months old, or it doesn't matter. You don't have to. You don't have to stop it and break up and say, "Oh, sorry, I can't see you anymore because I've got to stop and go back to the beginning and, and get prepared for this." No, no, no. Of course not. You can learn on the fly. Okay, but. It's, I think it's going to be an exciting journey to to help uh, you, you know, navigate these seasons. Now, I doubt I'm going to bring up any issue, you know, in all the different four seasons that maybe you haven't thought about before. Um, maybe one or two of them would be, oh, I, I I didn't realize that might be an issue. Because perhaps you haven't gotten to these more advanced or further along phases in your love life, right? Maybe if you've never really been in a long-term committed relationship, you know, been married or been living with someone for years, then maybe you haven't gotten to that that st- that phase four, season four of construction. Maybe your relationships have been more short-lived. So there might be a couple things I bring up that you haven't thought of, but these are going to be things that probably you're aware of. Um, I'm just going to give you some ideas on how to navigate them. And these ideas are being shared as simply wisdom that I've learned from my life and working with people and all my study and research and training. But in no way do I mean that it's like the gospel truth and there's no room for a different opinion and... And that you gotta do it this way, and what I'm saying is the only way. I mean, I do really believe in what I'm communicating, so it sort of comes out that way, as if I'm I'm saying this is the right way to do it. But I, I realize that that would be ridiculous, um, because everybody has different experiences, and their their life is in different places, and there may be extenuating circumstances. But I think it's worth, worthwhile to, to, to offer you some perspectives on the four seasons of a relationship so that maybe you can, you know, interact with them and come to what you think and and, and the ways in which you might want to handle the four seasons. So you're just going to be better equipped to create, you know, a really good relationship. Okay. All right. So having said that, let's talk about the preparation phase. That is the, that's the preseason. You could say like, you know, how major league baseball or football, they have a preseason, you know, before the actual season, which in those sports, that's when they get ready for the season. And a lot of times a team's success depends upon how they train in the preseason and how they're ready for the season, right? Same thing in our love lives here. So the preparation phase is the most important phase um but here's the other thing if you know anything about me i'm a preparation coach it's really what i do right I, all of my podcasts or 90% of them speak to some aspect of getting ready for something real because my philosophy is just like i shared in that analogy um it's way more important to get yourself in relationship shape than it is to be asking about dating strategies. Right? So I harp on this. Most people, you know, they, they want to know where to go to meet someone and, and how to approach them or how to get them to approach you. And what do you say? And how do you flirt? And, you know, I've touched on those things in podcasts, but, but my message is really that ain't it. It's all about getting prepared so that you are the most healthy, evolved, mindful, conscious person you can be so that when you stand in front of someone, you are ready to go the distance. Because if if you're not in shape for a healthy relationship, even if you meet someone, well, it's going to fall apart. You're going to sabotage it in some way. Your baggage or Whatever issues and blind spots have affected your relationships in the past, if they if they haven't been dealt with, well, you're just going to end up in Groundhog Day, right? You're going to recreate the same dynamics that you have in the past again and again and again. So in this sense, this is the most important phase, but I'm going to spend the least amount of time on it because I've already given you so much information on it. And in fact, the four, the four issues that come up in the preparation phase, I'm also going to point to podcasts that I've done completely on the subject. So I'm going to give you like for further reference, or if you want to go deeper into this, if you feel like this issue in the preparation phase, you need to do more work on, I'm going to refer you to another podcast. And you can go listen to that one, and it will speak for probably almost an an hour directly on that subject. Okay. The final thing I want to say before we get into the actual four issues that come up in the preparation phase is, I'm here for you. Like at any point, if you feel like man, I need some coaching here. I I, I need to go deeper. I, I need some one on one help. I need to talk to Roy. I need to. I need to get myself in better shape and I need to hire a a coach, a trainer to get me in shape to deal with one or all of the seasons that we talk about. So I just want to invite you to be open to responding to me, reaching out to me and inquiring into what it would be like to work with me privately because I think we're going to stir up some things that it would serve you to hire a coach. I know it did for me. I mean, my love life was a mess and I could have kept trying to do the same things I was always doing, but I kind of recognized it's just going to keep creating the same pain that I've been experiencing. So I needed to just stop and hire a coach and ask the coach, what the hell am I doing here? Like, Why, why can't I make a relationship work? What am I missing? Because right? there's that old statement, if you just keep doing the things you've always done, you're going to keep getting the results you've always gotten. So at some point you wise up and you say, I need to take a time out here. I I, I need a new set of eyes on me. I, I need someone to ask me questions I haven't thought of. I need someone to challenge me in ways I haven't been challenged. I need someone to help me look in the mirror in ways I haven't looked. I need someone to help me see what I don't see. And that's where coaching comes in handy. So keep that in mind as we go through this. Okay, now... In this preparation phase, and each phase, I want to tell you how long it lasts or or try. Um, and the preparation phase will sort of last. How long it lasts depends on how out of shape you are in terms of the issues I'm going to bring up here. <laughs> right? So it's just like getting ready for a triathlon. Like, you know, I'm in decent physical shape but I would probably need to train for a year to be able to get ready for an actual triathlon, probably at least a year. If somebody was in poor shape and carrying a lot of extra weight and they haven't done a lot of sports, they might need to train for three years to get themselves ready for a triathlon, right? So the preparation phase is going to last as long as it needs to, but that's based upon, you know, Kind of how out of shape you are. <laughs> I hate to say it that way. And this is where I might point you toward the relationship fitness self assessment test that's on my website. Okay. At coachingwithroy.com, um, I have a, I've created a self test. It's a 30 question true false test that will show you your current relationship fitness level. It, it sort of identifies you know, how evolved you are in your relationship perspectives and how ready you are for something real. So the test is really accurate. It is completely confidential. Even I don't see your results. I just get notified that you took the test, but I don't see the results. Only you see them. You get your results immediately by email and you're, you're put into a fitness category. If I can make it sort of playful. Right? You're going to be either relationally ripped, and no one's ever scored in that category. I don't score in that category. That would be like Jesus or Buddha or someone, okay? So nobody's in perfect relationship shape. So you could be ripped. You could be in the skinny fat category, okay? Or you could be in the overweight category or the unhealthy category. Or you could be in the lowest category, which is the one I would put myself in years ago before I hired a coach. In fact, I took my own test, but I tried to take it from some of the perspectives I had back when I was single and, you know, making all kinds of mistakes. And of course, since I had so much drama in my love life, I went through a divorce, I got dumped by a fiance, I was online and Had all kinds of nightmares with the online dating thing. And of course, I scored in the lowest category. I was dangerously out of shape, right? So I just tell people, don't be surprised if you don't get very uh, high marks. Don't be surprised if the test tells you that you're kind of out of shape and you need to get your butt in better shape. Because if you were in great relationship shape, you wouldn't be listening to this you would be in a great relationship and you wouldn't be listening to the attracting lasting love podcast. You would be living lasting love and you wouldn't be here. So don't let your ego get in the way. If the test comes back and says you're unhealthy or overweight or even dangerously out of shape, but that would be a great thing to do right now in the preparation process, hit pause Go to coachingwithroy.com. Right on the home page is the relationship fitness self assessment test. You can't miss it. It takes about three to five minutes to take. You get your results automatically. And if you get results like I think most people do, which are you know, you're not in very good relationship shape, that might just give you more motivation in this series and more motivation to get yourself prepared for something real to get yourself in better relationship shape, all right? So, okay, with that, let me go ahead and tell you about the four... There's four issues, and there's four issues in each of the four seasons that are going to come up that you need to address. So in the preparation phase, the first one is what I would call completion. You got to have room in your heart for someone new, right? If you want to get prepared for something real, you need to clean out some of the junk in the heart. Now, there's two ways your heart space can be cluttered to where there isn't space for someone new. The first is you're still involved with someone literally or energetically, like there's someone still in your heart. You might still love somebody. You might be hung up on someone. You might be still wishing you were with someone, right? So you're, you might not be seeing them. You might not be talking to them, but you're still kind of involved with them. You're emotionally involved with them. They're still taking up space in your heart. Okay? So it can be that way or they can still be in your heart because you're angry at them. You're bitter at them. You're resentful towards them. So you, You might hate their guts and you might not be seeing them or still in a relationship with them, or you might not even ever talk to them, but they can still be in you. You know what I mean? You can still be hung up on them positively or negatively. So that's, that's the first thing is you've got to ask yourself, is there room? Is there space in my heart for someone new or is there someone still in there? You can't put two people at once in your heart. You, you, you got you to gotta clean out the heart. And so that's, that's a kind of a deep work to let go of someone that you're still in love with. Possibly someone died, you're grieving. There's all kinds of things I do with my clients to help them let go of someone that broke up with them. That they really didn't want the relationship to end. I mean, I was I went through that. My ex-fiance broke up with me. I didn't want it to end. Okay? So I had to go through that myself personally. I've also ended relationships with women myself. Uh, I've also had times where I felt very angry and bitter towards former lovers and had to do my own work about forgiving and letting go. And sort of releasing all the animosity and the judgment and the anger. See, so when you work with me as a coach, you're not working with someone who, like, just went to some university and and read a book and did a thesis. No, you're talking to someone who's been down in the dirt with you. Like, I mean, I've had all the trainings and I've had probably more training, probably 10 times the equivalent of a PhD in a university Um, So I've had all that kind of stuff, but, but I've also lived this stuff in my life. So I feel like um, that was what makes me a good coach is that I have sort of the education, but I've got the experience too. And so I've, I've had to learn how to let go of someone I was still in love with. And I've had to learn how to let go of someone I hated and that I resented. Okay. So that's in in the completion phase, that's an issue that's going to come up. Is, Is there space in your heart for someone new? And that's the first one. Are you still in love with someone or are you still in hate with someone? (laughs) I often say, you know, you don't have space in your heart for something new if you still want to kiss or kill someone else, (laughs) right? (laughs) If you still want to kiss someone else, oh, you're still in love with them. You got to do some work to kind of end that relationship, maybe literally or and or energetically. And if you still want to kill someone, you know, oh, I want to give them, they, they hurt me, they betrayed me, they lied to me, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you got to do some work on getting them out of your heart. Okay, so that's one aspect of being complete. The other is sort of deeper and messier. And that is letting go of all of our hurt and pain and baggage from the past. You know, Michael Singer playfully but so insightfully says that our favorite hobbies are collecting bad experiences <laughs> do, you, do you do you resonate with that do you realize how much we collect and save our bad experiences and how easy it is to hang on to the past and what people did or didn't do and how we got hurt or Betrayed or lied to, even from decades ago, you can still feel that you've got some baggage, possibly from your childhood, maybe from you know adolescent relationships. I mean, those adolescent relationships are like your first time falling in love. Those are really powerful. My high school girlfriend, man, that that was whew, that was a powerful relationship for me. And they can have a lasting impact. They leave marks on us. Uh, they, they It becomes baggage. It's like uh, Eckhart Tolle calls it the pain body, right? Michael Singer calls it samskaras. It's just emotional pain from the past that we've collected, and it's kind of in us. It's kind of stored in ourselves. It's kind of in our hearts. And so we can have trust issues, right? We can, because we've been hurt, we can be guarded or a little suspicious. We can, in a, in a sense, build a wall around our hearts. You know, walls keep you safe, but they keep you single, right? Nobody can get in to hurt you, but nobody can get in to love you either because we we, we have some of these stored up inside of us. So our heart space is either occupied by a recent person that we were in a relationship with that we still love or we still hate. Or it's occupied by kind of all of our past relationships and past hurts. And all that garbage is in there. And it's taken up all of our space. And if you haven't realized this, I'm sure you do. If your heart is all filled with that stuff, there's no room. You won't let someone in your heart. And if you even if you wanted to, there's no room for them. Because you're going to start to project your pain onto them. You're going to be suspicious of them. You're going to be wondering what their motives are. Your trust issues are going, to, are going to come out through your pores. And it's going to sabotage things. Because your heart is not open and clear and available. Right? So the first issue that you're going to face, if you want to deal with the preparation phase... And by the way, most people want to skip this phase. They just want to jump right into, oh, let's talk about the attraction phase. But you're sabotaging yourself because if you come to the starting line and you're not in shape, then you're going to attract someone and it's going to go bad. You, you know, you're know, you going to end up in some real trouble and some sort of repeating pattern. So it's best to back up and do some of this dirty work, you could say. <laughs> you know, And a lot of times it requires coaching and some help to process some of the feelings and some of the beliefs that are left behind and some of the scars and some of the wounds. So that's the first issue you're going to face in the preparation phases. is, is there a room in my heart for someone new? How would you answer that? You still hung up on someone? You still hating someone? Have you collected some bad experiences that you feel might still be alive in you? See, the past, ideally, can be just something that we remember that happened. The past is something that happened. But very often, the past is something that's happening. It's still alive in me. You know what I mean? And then you end up in what I call the menage a trois from hell. It's you, a potential new partner, and your past. And the three of you are in this relationship together. (laughs) Okay? So... Is that you? No shame if it is. We all have a past to let go of, to make sense of. We all have we all have some heart space cleaning to do. So, are you ready for something real in terms of is your heart clear and complete? Do you have the space for someone new? Now, if you want more information on that one, I did a podcast number 37 is all about the issue, okay? So you might want to refer to that if you feel like that's an issue of mine. Well, first, I'd work with me directly, but the next best thing would go into that podcast. I spent a whole hour on it, okay? The second issue that you need to face as you're getting prepared for the starting line and getting yourself in shape is how would i how would i say this you need you need to you need to discover whether or not you have the disease and i'll call it that the jerry maguire disease you remember that movie jerry maguire remember when he said you complete me you remember that how romantic that was i mean every time i see the movie i cry at that part and that movie had a lot of conscious things in it, by the way, but it had one that was, it's such the conventional mindset, but it's so dangerous and it's so wrong. And that is the idea that if I can find the right partner, they will complete me. Now what does that mean? Well, they're either going to fill the void that I feel or they are going to fix the problem that I've always felt. Like I've always felt abandoned or unlovable or not, you know, unwanted. Or they are going to finish a story. You know, my relationships have never worked out. No one's really thought that I was worthy of making a commitment to them. You know how we have these stories so if I find the right partner, they're going to fill that void or they're, they're going to fix that problem or they're going to finish that story that I have or they're going to help me find an identity. You know, a lot of us feel insignificant. We don't feel like we matter. And it's like, oh, if I could find a partner who loved me, I, I would feel like somebody. I would feel like someone sees me. I would feel like I'm important. I would feel like I'm valuable, Right. What makes something valuable? It's how much it's wanted, right? If, if nobody wanted diamonds, well, they wouldn't be worth anything. But because everybody wants them, they become very valuable. So it's a combination of people want them and there's a scarce supply. That's what makes something valuable. I mean, if if there were diamonds falling out of the sky, then they wouldn't be worth anything. You know what I mean? But in this context, the illustration is, is if a person wants me, then I feel like I'm somebody. I I feel like more, like I'm more valuable, like I'm more seen, like, like I'm more significant, right? These are the realities that are going on. If, if you ask a person really serious, like, why do you want a relationship? And if they're really freaking honest and they're self-aware this is what they would probably admit to. Like I want a relationship because I feel kind of empty on the inside and I, I think if a person loved me and I love them, it would fill that void. Or, you know, I, I've, I've just always, it would fix a problem. I just, I'm lonely. You know, and I, I, I don't have anyone to share my life with and to have experiences with. So having a partner would just fix that problem, whatever that problem might be. Or it finishes a story. You know, if I, if I met a person, I've always felt unlovable. Well, if somebody loved me, I guess that would fix that. That would finish that story. I've always felt, you know, not good enough or not attractive enough. Well, if somebody wanted to put a ring on it, I think that would put an end to that story, wouldn't it? Or if somebody wanted me, then I would feel significant. I'd feel like I matter, because this person wants me. It kind of it helps me find an identity. These are the real reasons that we want an intimate relationship. I know that sounds so cynical, and it sounds so dark, but I'm sorry. Just take a look at yourself, look around you. Now the reason why I know it's true is because when you're in a relationship and you find out that even if this person loves you and adores you and treats you well, you're going to find out it doesn't fill the void. You're going to find out that it doesn't fix that problem. You're going to find out that it doesn't finish that story. The story just shifts to something else. Are you going to find out that that, that new identity, that feeling significant thing wears off. And the reason people get in drama in relationships is because they want a relationship to do those things for them. And then when they find out life partners make lousy life sources, they get upset at their partner. You're not loving me the way you're supposed to. You're, you're not meeting my emotional needs. I had a conversation with a client recently who was totally in the Jerry Maguire mindset. She really believed she had what I call faith in love. She had faith in love. She had faith that a loving relationship would fill the void and meet her emotional needs. And I just challenged her on that. I'm like, has it done it in the past? Haven't you been in relationships? And I just challenge her that it's not. You're asking a partner to do something a partner's never supposed to do. They aren't put on earth to meet your emotional needs. They, they aren't equipped for that. They can't do it. They might do it momentarily or for a while, especially early in the relationship. It might feel like it, but it's not sustainable because that's your work. That's God's work. That's, that's your own journey to discover there is no void there is no problem to fix. There is no story to finish, and you already have an identity. You don't need to get it from because someone thinks you're great and wants to be with you, right? But when you're in that "you complete me" mindset, and you have faith in love, right? You have this romantic this romantic vision of like a romantic comedy. If I meet this person, it's just gonna. Well, of course, the purpose of a relationship is to meet my emotional needs. I'm here to tell you, no, it's not. It won't do it. If you think it does and you have that expectation, oh my God, you're in for trouble. And I told that to my client. And the beautiful person that she is was so offended by that. She hung up on me. (laughs) I haven't heard from her since. (laughs) So... But sometimes my role as a coach is to challenge a person to take a look at what's really going on and understand the root of your drama. Because if you're expecting a relationship to complete you, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to end up blaming your partner because you think they're supposed to do that for you. And when you find out they aren't, it's going to be their fault and you're going to have all kinds of drama. And on top of it, when you're expecting someone to meet your emotional needs, and what I mean by that is your emotional need to fill that void and fix that problem and, you know, find that identity and finish that story. When you're in the mindset that you're supposed to meet those emotional needs in me, they are going to be expecting you to meet those emotional needs in them. That's called codependence. You're depending on each other to fill and fix my emotional needs. Is that the kind of relationship you want to get in? Where your partner is holding you responsible for them to never feel a void or never to feel unlovable or to never feel insignificant or to, you know, fix some problem? Do you want to sign up for that? Of course you don't. You want to be in a relationship where both people are doing their work and they're sharing their completeness with each other. You want to be in a relationship where I feel complete and whole unto myself and I just want to give love to you. I don't need something back from you. I don't expect you to do something for me on this psycho-emotional level. So I think it was Neil Donald Walsh that said something. The purpose of a relationship is not to find someone to complete you, but to find someone with whom you can share your completeness. Do you follow me? But most of us have this Jerry Maguire disease, the you complete me mindset. We have faith in love. And when you have that expectation, when you think that the purpose of a relationship is to meet your emotional needs, you are setting yourself up for trouble because life partners make lousy life sources. Your partner is going to fail at the job that you're giving him or her, and then you're going to be upset about it. And then you're going to think, well, I just haven't found the right partner yet. Because surely if I find the right partner, they will love me in a way that will fill that void and it will fix that problem. It will end that story and it will help me find that identity. See, so if you believe that, you'll go from partner to partner to partner to partner. But what if if it will never work? What if that's your work to do? What if you're not supposed to be expecting a relationship to do that? See, so this is a part of getting prepared. What are you expecting a relationship to do? Why are you really wanting to be in a relationship? Are you in it to get something? From what I'm saying, yes, you are. Or are you in it to give something? You see, love doesn't have anything to do with getting something. Even the Bible says love does not seek its own. Love is a one-way street. Love is I want to give to you. Love doesn't have any strings attached. Love doesn't have expectation. If it does, it's not love. It's codependence. So I told that to my client. I said, you've never really been in love if this is your perspective. You've been in get. You've been in a relationship to get a partner to meet your emotional needs. You haven't been in the relationship to give the love that you are. You feel somehow lacking or empty or something's missing and you feel like the partner has that love. They have that thing that you're missing and they're going to give it to you. And they haven't been, have they? Because she had a lot of drama in her life, with even with her family members. They weren't loving her properly either. So she had all this drama in her life and I said, yeah, All your relationships, you're in them to get something. It's not working, is it? Are you willing to shift and give what you need to yourself and find it from within yourself and then enter into relationships with men, with family members, with friends, to where you just simply want to give the love that you are and you have no expectation that they meet any of your emotional needs because your needs are already met? Click was wonderful. At least she was honest with me. <laughs> so that's the second issue is dealing with the you complete me mindset, right? Now, the third issue, and by the way, if you want to go deeper into that, I think um, uh, podcast number eight is all about the relationship groundhog day syndrome. And I think I, I, walk, I walk you through that in a much deeper way, okay? Now, the third thing is something that I would call, you know, um, getting a dedication to the way in which you want to relate. It's almost like before before you get into a relationship, you want to have already decided, this is how I want to do it. These are the rules I want to play by. These are the commitments that I want to guide my behavior. These are the values that I want to express. Like you almost want to decide before you get into a relationship that this is the way I'm going to do it. Like this is how I roll. You know, maybe like in sports, before a game, the coach might drop a game plan. Like we're, you know, one football team is going to play another football team and they're going to have a game plan. These are the kind of plays they're going to run. This is what they're going to do. You know, this is how they're going to make the offense because of the defense they think they're going to find. They have a game plan going in. They have a game plan. And that's what I'm I'm wanting to ask you is, is you need to decide what your game plan is before you get into it for a number of reasons. The first thing is you will always attract someone that wants to play the same game you do, right? So whatever commitments you want to live by and function by, however you want to roll, however you want to do relationship, the values you have, the commitments, the, the way in which you want to relate, the law of attraction says like attracts like. You're going to attract someone who wants to relate in the same way, right? There won't be a real connection in chemistry with someone who wants to relate completely differently. It's like you're on different wavelengths, you're on different paths, you you're you're showing up, just you're going different directions. There there won't be there won't be there might be like chemistry, like, oh like he's cute or she's good looking. But in terms of when you start to be with each other, you're gonna have conflicting ways of relating. It's just there's gonna be no attraction there. I mean no, you know. So the first reason you need to know. Kind of the game you want to play, (laughs) you know, the the values and commitments you want to live by is because you will attract someone who resonates with that, right? And the second reason is, is you just want to get clear because when you get into a relationship, it gets challenging. People do weird things, issues and stuff gets triggered inside of you. You know what I mean? Have you experienced that? (laughs) (laughs) That when you start getting close to someone, all of a sudden, insecurities come up out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even know I felt this insecure or jealous. Yeah, there's a lot of things you don't know that are issues for you in a relationship until you get in the relationship and then they surface. You follow me? That's kind of what relationships do. That's why the purpose of the relationship is to evolve you, not to complete you. The purpose of the relationship is to wake you up and to help you become more conscious. Not to fix you or fill a void or any of that. And so when you start getting close to someone, some of your shit's gonna hit is gonna surface. Your triggers will come up, some of your childhood wounding, some of your beliefs from your past, um, some of what I call your love stories, you know, the way you've experienced and saw relationships in your childhood, your expectations. You know, so when you get close to someone, all that stuff gets dredged up. Your insecurities, your worries, your fears, your abandonment issues, you know, whatever it might be. So when the shit hits the fan, it's really easy to just revert to the lowest part of you, to the most egoic part of you, and just get reactive and defensive and argumentative and... And come at those things that are getting brought up in you, you know, from the the darker place inside of you, which right now, you know, you don't want to do, right? So it's like, you want to decide before you get into the relationship that I am so committed to handling things this way so that when you get in the relationship and something happens, you're like, okay, okay. Okay, this is kind of hard, but I'm not going to get defensive. I'm going to open up. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to share my feelings. I'm not going to run out of the room. You know, I'm not going to play victim villain. I'm not going to blame, right? So this gets into what I've described in other podcasts as the the 10 commitments of conscious dating and relating. I kind of suggested to you in that series called The Dating Manifesto, and by the way, it was podcast number 45, 46, and 47, I suggested that there are 10 commitments that you should make, 10 rules to live by that will equip you to create a healthy dynamic. And so you can look at those and you can say, okay, that's how I want to roll. I want to live by these commitments. And now you've got them kind of within yourself. Maybe you've even got them on paper, (laughs) Because I I, I will give to you them in in a document if you want. Just ask me for it. I'll send it to you. But you've got them. And so then when the shit is the fan in your relationship and something gets triggered, you're like, okay, all right, I got a problem here. I'm really upset. The first commitment talks about am I willing to take responsibility or blame and play the victim? Nope. I've already decided I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be a blamer. I'm not going to finger point. Whenever something comes up, even though it might look like it's their fault, (laughs) I'm going to say, nope, what am I doing to participate in this? What's my part in creating this problem? What can I learn about myself in this? How am I setting this up? What can I do to rectify this situation? I just refuse to point the finger and blame and say it's your fault and you did this to me and blah, 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 blah and get on all that drama. Right? So that's a commitment. You want to make that commitment to yourself that you're going to be someone who claims responsibility rather than blames it on other people. And you're sort of saying, that's how I roll. And then when the shit is the fan, it's like, okay, no, I'm getting tested right now, but here's my chance to practice what I preach, right? Another commitment is the the candor commitment, the communication commitment. You go into a relationship saying, I don't want to play games and withhold and lie and tell half-truths and, and, and you know, withdraw when I'm upset. No, I want to be someone who reveals my feelings, that talks about an issue, that doesn't hide anything or withhold anything or tell a half-truth or be manipulative, I don't want to come from that kind of fear. I want to come from trust and I want to be open and expressive and authentic and transparent. Right? So those are the kind of things that you want to decide beforehand because in a relationship, that's going to get challenged because you're going to know if you share something with your partner, you know, they might get upset about it. It might hurt their feelings. They might be mad at you. They might misunderstand something and you're going to be tempted To leave something out, to withhold, to maybe not tell the full truth, to not really express an emotion because you don't know how the other person's going to receive it. And you start playing that game. You start walking on eggshells, right? And this is a commitment. I'm not going to walk on eggshells. I'm going to be authentic. I'm going to live out loud. And that's just how I'm going to roll. And I've decided that before I got into the relationship. Okay, so that's a little bit about this next issue. You have to decide sort of what game you want to play. Do I want to live by the dating manifesto? Because if you do, you will attract someone who wants to do that with you. Because if, because if you attract someone who loves to blame and point the finger, you're not gonna you're not gonna want to stay with that. You're not gonna be a, you're not gonna be in a relationship where you take responsibility and the other person blames. <laughs> You know, you're not going to want to be in a relationship where you're wanting to be candid and open and transparent and they are manipulative and withholding and telling half truths. You're not going to be attracted to that, right? So that's that's the third issue, okay? Now, the fourth issue, and I'll wrap up with this, is something I might call the, well, maybe communication isn't the right how about um, promotion? In other words, there's a good chance that you're going you're to do some online dating. Maybe you already are. So one of the things you need to look at in preparation is your online presence. How are you doing it? Are you doing it with wisdom? Are you doing it with safety? Like how has your online experience been? Chances are it's been awful. Right Now, some of that goes with the territory. You do online dating, I always tell people, you better have a sense of humor because there's going to be some weird stuff that happens. But there's a lot of things that you can do and a lot of things that I tell my clients on how to do online dating and give yourself the best chance at success. There's a way of putting your pictures online. There's a way of writing a profile. okay. There's a way of doing all of that. Now I'm not going to go into that because I don't talk about online dating that much. But I have a whole podcast that I did on it. Podcast number five is called Straight Talk for Internet Dating. So if you're online and you haven't listened to that, you should, because I walk you through the whole process of online dating. From I talk I talk about preparation. I talk about principles practices, profiles, and pictures, okay? I mean, it's the whole gambit on getting you, you know, prepared to do the online dating because I do think most people are doing that and you need to prepare yourself and set yourself up for success if you're going to do online dating, okay? So those are the four issues in the preparation phase. You need to be complete with former lovers And you need to let go of all that past baggage and hurt. You need space in your heart for someone new to appear. Then you need to deal with that relationship addiction, that you complete me mindset. You need to let go of the philosophy that I have faith in love, where you have the expectation that a relationship is going to do something for you that it really cannot do and sets you up for disappointment and drama. And then you need to decide how you roll. What are the commitments that are going to guide the way I interact with people, the way in which I relate, kind of like the game I play, you know what I mean? We always talk about playing games as a bad thing in relationships, and in that sense, it's true. But when you think about the way in which you want to relate, the commitments and the values and the, and sort of the, the ways you want to function, that's, that's kind of like, that's how I roll. That's the game I want to play. You want to play that conscious evolved game that's listed in the dating manifesto. Okay. You need to get clear on that beforehand. And then lastly, you kind of want to take a look at the way you're promoting yourself online. You know, the way you're describing yourself there, there, there is a, I have a very particular way that I teach people on how to write a profile and how to present themselves. I don't think, I've never heard of anybody else do it the way I do it. And I will tell you this, that I have my clients regularly tell me when they do this, they have people responding to them online saying, I want to meet the person who wrote that profile because that was amazing. Because it's going to stand out from everything else that's being written out there. Okay? So there you go. that kind of introduces this new series on you know navigating the – four relationship seasons and we just nailed season number one, the preseason, the preparation season. And so next week, we're going to talk about four main issues that come up in the attraction phase or the attraction season of a relationship. And until then, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancolana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.